So I'm so happy that you are with us here on online. Now, we're going to be doing this virtual online for all the way through the month of December. I'm excuse me, the month of December is the last one for 2020. We're going to do it all the way through the month of January and then going to look to coming back in person and doing also online in February. We're going to continue to look at the numbers and see see what God is doing. It's the best way, again, for us to love each other and also to love our neighbors right now. Um, let me tell you what's going to happen. In a couple of days, it's going to be uh, 2021. I can't believe we've actually got this far. So let me tell you what is happening in grace and, and this, really the first couple of weeks in 2021. Uh, we are beginning, um, I would say, probably a two and a half year study in the Gospel of John. Uh, there are 21 chapters in the Gospel of John. And so we're going to start probably about two and a half year study of the Gospel of John, week by week, going over phrase and sentence by sentence, the Gospel of John. And so that's going to start next Sunday, January 3rd. And uh, we're going to spend the whole, probably the whole month of January looking at John 1, 1 through 14. And so we're going to be walking through the Gospel of John. I encourage you to uh, join us. And uh, we'll, we'll, again, we'll be online. Um, part of study of the gospel of John, especially in January, is that John speaks to creation. And I know for many of us who have decided to follow Jesus, and many of you who are watching for the first time, who are sort of checking out Jesus, I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, I know that there is this difficult relationship between faith and science. And so we wanted to go ahead and tackle that. We want to begin to, to, to look at and sort of put a framework for us to wrestle and understand that. And so I'm going to be hosting four Zoom calls on the four Thursdays of January, January 7th, 14, 21, 28. And our first one is going to be January 7th and um, have a professor of physics from Calvin College and love for you to be part of that. Uh, and, but I need you to register. And so you're going to be getting more information about that. I need you to register. Um, there's not a registration button up right now. Just simply email info at gracenox.org. Say, I, I want to be part of the Zoom call on faith and science. Info at gracenox.org. And I want you to be part of that. It's going to be some great, great conversations. Now, following today's worship service, we are going to have an after party. Um, and this is where Danielle, Andrew, and myself, um, we sort of take what's happened here and we sort of break it down but we also want to hear from you and we're going to be doing that on the zoom and also on facebook live so we want you to be part of that uh, we'd love to hear your stories of what god is doing uh how god has been working in your life uh, love the, for you to bring your uh, questions as well and so that's going to happen right after the worship service here today Whew, okay let's get to the passage our passage today comes from the gospel of luke and it's Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. I'll read all the way through verse 20. What's happened is there's these shepherds. They're at work at night. They're working a night shift. All of a sudden, God tells them, something's happened. I've invaded the world. And a Savior has been born in the town of David in Bethlehem. And all of a sudden, this massive choir, this heavenly angelic choir breaks out. And they... And they, and they receive this beautiful song. And then something happens to the shepherds. And that's where we'll pick it up today in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. When the angels 
had left them. That means they had left singing. The angels went back up to heaven and had gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, now check this out. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened and the Lord, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, praising and glorifying God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen? Amen. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, typically for the birth of a king, the birth of a prince, it would be announced to other noble figures, to other kings and other princes and other dignitaries. But let's take note here how God decided to announce his entrance into earth, how he decided to announce the entrance of our king, of our savior, how he decided to announce his long-awaited fulfillment of his promise. And God announced it to lowly shepherds. And when I mean, and when I say lowly shepherds, they were lowly. I mean, God doesn't announce to other kings, other princes, or to the religious folks, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. He doesn't go to the great men of Israel and the King Herod, but he comes to common shepherds, lowly shepherds. There was a Jewish social hierarchy. The shepherds were on the last rung. Well, one up from it, I should say. At the bottom of that social hierarchy in the Jewish social system were lepers. Folks who had this very difficult and nasty skin disease who, who were asked to go and sit and, and, to, and to live in these, in these colonies. That every time they sort of walked, people would say, unclean and unclean, people had to move. Well, right above them on the social ladder were shepherds. It sort of blows my mind because, what, David was a shepherd, right? I mean, Moses was a shepherd, but shepherds were right above lepers. And God chose to announce the arrival of his king to lowly shepherds. They were uneducated. They were unskilled. They were unethical. They were unreliable. They were an unsavory bunch of folks. Many saw them as thieves. They weren't allowed to testify in court. They weren't viable witnesses. They were untrustworthy. They were unclean because they were working on Sabbath, on the Sabbath day, and they could never make it to worship. 
They were a wild bunch of folks. They were lowly. They were humbled. They were lonely. I mean, the group of folks who were watching the sheep at night, it was a very lonely job. I mean, their job was simply to watch sheep sleep. (gasps) Man. Their job was to watch sheep sleep. And... But it's more than that. They had to make sure while the sheep were sleeping that the predators weren't sneaking up trying to eat them for a nightly meal. And so if you're writing the story of the arrival of the king, these shepherds were the last people that you would ever imagine. They were the lowly shepherds. The last one, anyone, any of us would, would, would ever imagine who would receive such a his significant, historic, divine announcement. But in God's eyes and in God's plan, they weren't the least or the lowly. They were the first. They were first. Apostle Paul, who was writing to believers in in Corinth, he says this, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Think of what you were when you were called. That means when you when you gave your life, but before you gave your life to Jesus, think of what you were. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential, meaning not many of you had prestige or power. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose, get this, the lowly things of this world And they despise things, the shepherds, and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before God. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. And there's our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let no one, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It's all about grace. See, God shows up to people who, in some people's minds, did not expect it. Who are the least and the lonely. And maybe, maybe you feel that way about yourselves. Maybe you feel like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy, you know, because I'm like the shepherds uh, that I'm, I'm a little unsavory or, or I'm a little bit unskilled or I'm a little bit uneducated or, or I, I have, I've done some things that, that I, haven't really, I haven't really pleased God. And when we, when we battle this in our minds, see, we actually think that, I, that we have to clean up our life before God could love us. That's called religion. Religion. Religion says, get your life all cleaned up and then God will love you. That's not the gospel. That's not the Christmas story. And we see it here. Is that God enters our dark and chaotic 
disruptive world that God comes to us when, when we're not ready, when we don't have everything cleaned up. That's who God is. God wants to come to you right now. God wants to come to you. God has come to you in Jesus. And I believe, as I think about why did God come to these shepherds? And he came to the social outcasts first. He came to ordinary people, practical people, people who work hard. These men had little to do with entertaining fancy or fantasy or myth. I think what God is saying is the gospel is for the simple, not for the sophisticated. The gospel is for the simple, not for the sophisticated. The Christmas story is for the simple, it's for the practical. It's not for the sophisticated. And God chose these shepherds to be witnesses, to receive this beautiful revelation, this heavenly revelation. Because God wanted to come to them, communicate his news to them. And what's amazing is what the shepherds do after after the announcement. If you have your Bibles, go, go back to verse 15. The angels had left. They finished their choral sing. They go back up to heaven. And what does the Bible say there that the shepherds did? They looked at each other and they said, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. And Luke tells us, and they hurried. Other translations, they went in haste. See, the angels had left. The shepherds responded. What I see here is that the shepherds could have stayed there in the field, just amazed. Like, wasn't that beautiful music? I mean, look what God gave us. Isn't it just, just absolutely amazing? But they made the journey from amazement to faith. The Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, is not just some revelation. It's true, but it needs a response. And not something just to say, ooh, wow. But it needs a response from you and from me and from our life. That we must do something with the birth of Jesus. That we must do something with the revelation of God. That we must respond these shepherds received a theological education from heaven. They didn't receive it from the synagogues or the rabbis. 
but they made the decision to go to Bethlehem. They go to Bethlehem. They quit talking, they quit staring in the sky, and they start walking. See, the good news demands a response. Christmas is much more than just all the music, right? And the food and the songs and the gifts and the gift exchange and, and the trees and all this stuff. It's an announcement. Our Savior has been born. That's part of the Christmas story. The second part is responding to it. Responding to it. They had this sense of urgency and they were so eager to see Jesus. It wasn't just enough to hear that the Savior had been born. They had to go see it for themselves. They had to go to Bethlehem. And so where do we go with it now? Is our life today the same as it was a couple days ago? Is our life today the same as it was a year ago with Jesus? I mean, we've responded to a lot of things this year. Social distancing, we've had to respond to changing our church service to online, going virtual. We've had to make different adjustments to information. But what about faith? Are you the same that you were a year ago or five months ago? Or maybe today is the day for you to respond. Respond to this good news. Like the shepherds, they were amazed. But then they walked in faith. Pastor Mark Clark says that these shepherds were like, were like folks who just got out of a prison. They couldn't find a job, so, they, so a shepherd they took a job up as shepherds and here they are working at night and then all of a sudden God reveals to them. And so Pastor Mark Clark says, so then they go to Mary's house and here's Mary has this baby. All of a sudden she opens up the door and here are these folks who just got out of a prison and said, God told us to come. Here we are. And what do you think is on her face? I'm thinking, wait a second. Uh, the angel Gabriel told me that, that this child here is going to be a king and the first people to come to 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 his birth are shepherds? Are these lowly folks? Yes. Yes. I see here that, that the Christmas story demands a response. It, it means that we have to move from where we are to Jesus. It demands that, that, that we leave our life of sin and that we repent and we turn toward Jesus, that we go toward Jesus, that, that God wants us to move from being a fan to a follower. I get that. God wants us to be more than a fan of Jesus, but to be a follower of Jesus, to be a worshiper of Jesus, to be a lover of Jesus, to move from amazement to faith, move from being a fan to being a follower, move from wow and wonder to the worship of Jesus. Kyle, Eidelman wrote a book called not a, not a Fan about 10 years ago. And here's some of the quotes from the book. He says, fans of Jesus are, are in it for themselves. Followers of Jesus are in it for God. Fans want, they want the goodies. Followers want Jesus. Fans come and go, but followers stay. 
Fans are sort of in it, but followers are all the way in it. Fans don't mind doing a little touch-up work with Jesus, but Jesus wants a, a complete renovation of our life. Fans come to Jesus thinking, hey, tune me up. But Jesus is thinking, hmm, I think you might need an overhaul. Fans think a little makeup is fine, but Jesus is thinking a makeover. Fans think a little decorating is required, but Jesus wants a complete remodel. Fans want Jesus to inspire them, but Jesus wants to interfere with their lives. Are you a fan? Are you a follower? The shepherds moved from being a fan of this divine act, this divine revelation to being a follower of Jesus. The revelation, this entrance of God into humanity demands a response. It demands an act of obedience. Joseph heard. Joseph responded in obedience. Mary heard. Mary responded in obedience. The shepherds heard. The shepherds responded in obedience. The magi heard. The magi responded in obedience. But when we hear that word obedience, we fight up against it. We go, no, that's a religious word. Obedience, right? That, that I can't obey. There are all these things I cannot obey. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying here is, is that when God speaks which he has spoken in his word, and God has come to us that there's a response needed from our life to respond to this good news of great joy. God has come and said, you, we, you, I, we need a savior. We can't save ourselves. And so we respond, we repent, we come to him in faith. The Bible says we're not just to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. One of Jesus' last words to his disciples, where all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And get this, and teaching them to observe or teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. There's this Life of obedience. Life of obedience. That's what we saw here with the shepherds. They moved from amazement to faith. And faith is trusting. Trusting in Jesus. He has come for much more than just say I'm here. He's come to save you and save me. And save us from that one thing, one thing in our life that we keep thinking that can save us. What a great way to end 2020. And what a great way to begin 2021 is by giving your life to Jesus. To Jesus. Or maybe giving more of your life to Jesus. of responding in faith and moving from amazement and being a fan to being a follower 
That's our mission here at Grace. We want to make disciples who make disciples. A disciple is someone who's decided to be a follower of Jesus. I want to invite you on that journey. Maybe today is the day that God is asking you to give your life to Him. To turn away from amazement and this life of sin and all this pleasure and to come to Him who is life and joy and hope and peace. And so how we're going to do that is by sharing the sacrament of communion. On the night our Lord was betrayed, before he went to that cross, he gathered with his most beloved ones. He shared a meal with them. And he wanted to show how much they are loved. But more than that, he wanted to show the extent of his love. Scripture says he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after supper, our Lord took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed by the shedding of my blood. As often as you drink from this, do this in remembrance of me. And so my friends, take that piece of bread, the body of Christ that was given for you. And take the juice, the blood of Christ that was poured out for you. And taste and see what God has done for you. Let us pray. Oh Lord, on this last Sunday of 2020, we pray, God, that, that we'll walk into 2021 with faith, that we end this year with faith, that, Lord, as you have peeled everything away from us, we don't want to just be a fan. We want to be followers of you. We don't want to just be there in amazement of all the things that you've done, but we want to be, oh Lord, followers of you. We want to walk in faith. And there's areas of our life right now, right now, God, that we're still holding on to. Maybe our kids or our grandkids, maybe our finances, maybe our self, maybe our pride. There's some, something right now, God, that you are wanting, but we don't want to give it up. Oh Lord, we repent. And we turn and we lay these things down and we turn away from them, God, and we turn towards you and we walk in faith. Oh, God, you have brought us a Savior. His name is Jesus. And he's all that we need. He's all that we need. And so as we begin 2021 by ending 2020, 
Maybe walk not just in amazement, but walk in faith. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.